What we are going to talk about today is something that I used to never do for my blogs. It's something that at the time I never really needed to do it, but because the times have changed, because everything has changed, right? When it comes to uh, Google and SEO and trying to get our articles ranking, you absolutely positively have to start doing this probably starting today. Okay. And we're going to talk about it. Let's get into it. Uh, welcome back to the Blogger Revolution. My name is Chris, and here we talk about building passive income streams that work for you so you don't have to. Glad to have you here. Um, if you haven't already, be sure to go check out oneblogaway.co. That's oneblogaway.co. There I have some one-on-one uh, -on -one training that you can actually take advantage of. Um, it's a premium community that uh, everyone is welcome. If you're trying to uh, build up your website or start a website and get it to the point to where it's worth at least $100,000, which is Pretty life-changing income, if you ask me. But um, go ahead and check it out, oneblogaway.co. There is a free training that does kind of go through everything that's there, plus show you how you can turn this from just a side thing that you do to an actual full-time income. So be sure to go check it out, oneblogaway.co. But let's now jump into the number one thing that I used to never do. In fact, I have a an old uh, podcast episode that I can't remember the number for it right now. In fact, I probably don't want you to go listen to it anymore because it's it's, it's old information, right? But uh, one thing that I used to do that I, I knew I should have been doing, but it didn't really make a big difference then, was updating content. That was not super important maybe five, six years ago. Granted, it, was, it has always been a nice thing to do, but it was almost always better just to go after new content. Find new keyword opportunities, find this, find that. But imagine walking up, you know, to the end of a cliff and you can fly and you just jump in the air and you just start soaring, but you don't flap your wings. You know what will end up happening? You're just going to keep soaring down and down and down until you get to the ground where that's not helpful for anybody. If your goal is to fly. So I found that updating content is like flapping your wings. It keeps you airborne for a site. Now, imagine if you're walking on the ground and you're trying to be 10,000 feet in the air just that instant. That's tough to do. But that's exactly what we do when we are writing new content, right? We write a new content and we're starting right there at ground zero at the edge of that cliff. But once you write the content and it's soaring, it might be on the first or second or even third page of Google, and it's there. All you have to do is just do a few tweaks to it to improve the content to start flapping its wings. But if you just write it and it gets stuck on page two or three, it's not going to really help anybody unless you do some updates to it. So in this episode, I want to talk about the nine things that I'm doing to update content. Um, this is by no means exhaustive, but it is part of the um, the SOP or standard operating procedure that I do have for my blogging business. And I think that you'll benefit from it as well. Now, this isn't in any particular order. This is just the order that I happen to do it in. But um, it's something that, you know, uh, I would recommend writing them down, you know, get a pen and paper out because this is going to be intense and uh, putting it to the side. This is something that you're going to always be doing. Um, but before we get into the nine, uh, one question I get a lot is, when do you know you should be updating content? Well, in order to know that you need to update content is, first of all, you need to publish it. 
So if you haven't even gotten started with your blog, you need to just do that. Get content out there. But since content does eventually age, there is a few things that you want to look into to know whether or not you should be updating that content. So number one, you need to use a rank tracker, right? And one thing that I do is kind of set like a calendar invite. So every three months, you know, maybe six months, but you'll probably just want to do it every three months. Uh, set a calendar invite or reminder just to say, all right, let's go ahead and set up the rank tracker. And in three months, we're going to look at the rank tracker again. And, and what's important there is you want to see how your rankings were when you first started with the rank tracker and then how, where, how they are right now, three months later. And then once you get this process going, you're going to keep doing that over and over again with the previous three months, with the, with the three months that are coming up. That way you can see if you've lost any rankings. You can see if you gained rankings as well, rather than I know we're all looking at it every single day in our analytics, right? Or we're looking at our rank tracker every single day. But every day is not going to make a huge difference because we're not seeing the monumental changes. Um, I used to have, well, I still do. I mean, I had a cousin who he would only come to visit during the summer. And when he would come down, his name was Sam. When he comes down, you know, I would see him and we would hang out. But um, this was, you know, in our teenage years, and he hit uh, a growth spurt in between one of the in between one of those summers. And when he came back, he jumped up like what seemed like two feet, right? So when I first saw him, I was like, "Yo, that is not the same guy that you know we were just playing video games a year a year prior." But it was because I wasn't seeing him every single day. His sister, on the other hand, saw him every single day growing up, and it was hard and it's imperceptible, really, to notice that he was getting taller and taller and taller. It's the same thing with our blogs, right? We are looking at the content, or I'm sorry, we're looking at the analytics, we're looking at the uh, rank tracker every single day. So it's hard for us to see these small differences that become big over time. And the best way to do that is to look at your content every three months. That way you can, or look at your rankings every three months. That way you know, almost in a, like a holistic view, that everything, is, where it is, and what you need to do to improve. All right. So that's really the number one thing that you have to have to absolutely positively do when it comes to updating old content is you need to start to track it. Remember, if you're not tracking, you're not trying. All right. Now, some of the rank trackers that I like to use, um, I mean, I currently use Ahrefs with a lot of stuff, uh, but some cheaper ones that are out there. Um, Serp Robot, I think I believe it's like five bucks a month, and it lets you do a lot of them. Um, there's another one that was made by oh, you know what it is? It's Peak Serp. That's another one that's pretty good. I would definitely recommend going and trying that one as well. So, um, that's the number one thing that you have to absolutely positively do is make sure that you start tracking your rankings. All right. Now, after you've tracked your rankings, here are the nine things that I would do once you've finally selected a piece of content that you would like to update. Number one. Actually, let's let's do it backwards, right? Let's go ahead and change it up. Number nine is you need to confirm the search intent. And if you all remember, search intent is simply just going to um, Google, Googling your phrase and looking at what's ranking. Google like hides things in plain sight. So just look at the first rankings and see exactly what type of content is ranking. This will give you a little bit of an inside track as to what Google is looking for. Now, this is harder to do when there is no content out there on your particular topic. If you're going after, you know, zero volume keywords or content that hasn't been written on the Internet yet, determining the search intent is going to be a little tough. So you might just have to look at the keyword and make your best guess. 
But if you're doing a little something a little bit more competitive where there's other websites out there and you're trying to figure out how you can beat those other websites, confirm the search intent by Googling the phrase and seeing the type of content that's popping up. Are you seeing blogs? If you are seeing blogs, what are those title tags, those blogs saying? You know, is it like um, best candles? Are they worth it? You know, do you see a lot of questions like that? That might tell you that people who are searching for it is trying to make sure they're getting the best value out of their money. You know, um, it can say a number of things, but if you notice two or three websites that are all saying about the same thing, then that'll tell you what the search intent is for your website and that you need to be matching that search intent. If you miss out on the search intent or if Google changes the search intent, which usually can happen when people are looking for different things based on the keyword. Right. So if that's the case and it changes, then you might need to change up your content. That could be the reason why you're no longer ranking when you were uh, previously. So be sure to confirm the search intent and that the kind of content that you're creating for it is the kind of content that Google is looking to rank. Number eight is to improve the helpfulness of your particular article. So there's a few things that you can do to improve the helpfulness of it. Number one is really knowing what the search intent is. If you know what people are looking for when they land on your website, at that point, you'll know, okay, what would be helpful for this person? And then adding it into your article. And you you will have to take a real critical view of your content because um, if you're writing your content, like I know a lot of us are, you're like, well, this is my content. It's amazing content, right? You wouldn't put anything out there that wasn't amazing. But you got to look at it critically and think, you know, what could be even more helpful? What's that one thing that could separate you from everybody else that's out there? And consider adding that to the post. Now, before we get back to the podcast, are you a website owner looking to make more money with your website? Well, look no further than Ezoic. Using machine learning, Ezoic creates personalized ad experiences for every visitor on your website, increasing the revenue while also balancing the user experience. I use Ezoic on my sites, and I think you should as well. And with Ezoic ads, publishers can connect with money-making popular ad networks and exchanges, completely streamlining the process for getting ads onto your site quickly and with little intervention on your part. Plus, with AI optimization and mediation, bloggers and publishers make more money and keep people on their sites longer, which is good for your website's SEO. So unlock the true earning potential of your website by enrolling your site with Ezoic ads. Whether you're a beginner or a seasoned publisher, start your free trial over at Ezoic.com. That's E-Z-O-I-C.com. Now, let's get back to the episode. Number... Was it seven? Number seven is now to use the Google NLP demo for featured snippets. Now, this is a new one that um, I heard from Tony Hill. Uh, check him out on Twitter. He has some great, great information. I believe he was on the um, Niche Pursuits and Authority Hacker Pass, uh, po- podcast. He was on all those places talking about how he um, brought back his website from like a massive update that really destroyed a lot of his traffic. And now he's back like tenfold with the amount of it. And one of the biggest things he mentioned that was really helpful toward increasing his con his, um, his rankings in Google was the Google NLP demo. So just to put this like quickly, because this can get a little bit technical is the way that you structure a sentence can make a difference with how Google understands it. In in essence, the best way to structure your sentence is to put the most important part of the sent most important part of the sentence in the front of the sentence, front load the sentence. So if your sentence was like, 
um, Messi just scored a goal or something, right? You wouldn't say, um, look at that goal that's, that Messi just scored, right? If Because those two sentences, even though they mean the exact same thing, if the whole, if the primary part of that sentence is to let Google know that you're talking about Messi, you need to put Messi in the front of that sentence. And um, you, you don't want to do this for your entire article. I mean, it probably would be nice if you did, but that's going to take a lot of time. I would at least do this for the featured snippet. If you're doing question type content, and you're trying to get that feature snippet, it needs to be Google NLP optimized. To figure out how to, uh, to figure out what um, Google is looking for when it comes to its uh, NLP stuff, just Google, Google um, NLP demo, and you'll be able to find the tool. As of right now, you know, there is a, a demo that you can use. You can put in a few sentences and it'll tell you exactly what it's thinking. You can put in a paragraph, it'll tell you what it's thinking. It will tell you what Google thinks is the most important part of those sentences. That way you can structure your sentences as best as possible, especially when it comes to getting that featured snippet, which will help your traffic. Um, the next one on our list is to optimize and phrase. I believe this is number six, it's to optimize and phrase. So phrase.io is my is probably my favorite SEO optimization tool. There's a ton out there. I know a lot of people who are working with Surfer and SEO and a lot of people who are working with NeuronWriter. Um, can't think of any more, but there's a lot of them out there, right? Uh, that will allow you to use their NLP, you know, to go onto Google, figure out what's out there and then figure out what type of content you need to include that your competitors are including in their website. Um, optimization with some type of SEO plugin. I like to use phrase. Um, by the way, any of the tools that we do mention, you can find over at bloggerevolution.com slash tools. Uh, but any um, SEO optimization tool that you happen to be using, go check it out. Optimize by uh, optimize your content by optimizing with phrase. Um, just one strategy, just a little side note, but you can usually create content kind of bare bones and throw it out there. And if by sheer the authority of your site gets an article to be on page two or three, then that means all you have to do is now go in and further optimize it to try to get it onto page one. Um, that'll help you save some time from having to optimize every single page. But um, that is a strategy that I have used in the past. All right. Number five is to improve the user experience or the UX. And and mainly what I mean by this, because this is kind of similar to what you're thinking about. Um, we, earlier, we're talking about improving the helpfulness. But improving the UX means improving the look of this of the page, right? Are your paragraphs um, well spaced? Are they spaced so where if somebody was even on mobile, it doesn't look like a huge block of text, right? I don't go any longer than one or two sentences, you know, or lines before I go to a new line. Writing for the internet is completely different than what you would do if you were writing for a term paper in high school or college. Totally different things because people are easily intimidated because when people are online looking at stuff or trying to solve their problem and their question, it needs to be formatted in a way to where it's easy for them to consume. Write your content in a way so that it can be easily scannable by a person. Hate to break it to you, but that nice, fresh 3000 word article that you wrote, very few people are going to read every single word of it. But a lot of people are going to scan it and they're going to make sure that I can scan it and still get the gist of what it is that you are writing. That's one way that you can improve the UX is by making the paragraphs better. Another is by maybe adding an image or two. You know, make sure that they're, you know, um, not stock imagery. Use actual pictures from you doing your niche. Um, yeah, that would be a couple of things that I would do as well. 
But whatever you can do to improve the experience, you got to put a pros and cons table. If you want to put a product box or something like that, just something that's going to help make the reading of that article a lot easier. Number four on our list is to fix any technical SEO that might exist there. Um, a lot of these uh, uh, tools such as um, Ahrefs, you know, um, Google Webmaster Tools, it's free to you. You don't have to pay Ahrefs to use it. And they'll connect to your site and let you know any technical issues. Do you have meta descriptions that are missing? Or do you have more than one H1 you know, tag on your website, on your individual page, or whatever it happens to be? You know, those types of uh, technical SEO issues you can look at by using something as simple as, as Ahrefs. If you want to get a little bit more granular into it, you can use like a screaming frog or something like that to figure out some more technical things. Make sure you click your click depth, it's hard to say, your click depth is good. It's not more than, what is it, three or four clicks from the homepage. That way it's easier for Google to be able to um, understand what your website's about. Uh, your site speed, you know, how fast is that page loading? Do you have an individual asset on this page that's causing it to go slower? You know, go, use um, Google Webmaster Tools. I'm sorry, not Google. Yeah, use Webmaster Tools. There's some reports there that you can look at. Look at Page Speed Insights. That's also provided by Google. We'll let you know of an individual page, how fast it is, if you're passing Core Web Vitals and all of that fun stuff. So make sure that your technical SEO is also on point. Number three is... If your rankings has been lost, right? So you're doing this every three months and you notice that some of the rankings have slipped on your site. What sites replaced it? That's always pretty big to know that a lot of people don't really think about. If your site lost rankings, who did you lose rankings to? Go look at your competitors. Figure out what they're doing different that Google made them, you know, higher than your site is. Um, in a lot of situations, sometimes it can be a part of the article that they're including that you're not including, you know, in your article. Uh, maybe there is a, a feature or something within that article, a product box, a table, something like that, that is not on your content that's on theirs. So it's giving a better user experience. Try to figure that out. Um, another part of this would be number eight, which would be finding link gaps, meaning did they did the people who or the websites that have overtaken your website, did they get a new backlink from somewhere that maybe you could probably replicate or try to find a way for you to get that backlink um, or a similar backlink to it so that you can have just as strong a profile as, as them? That's usually another thing that you can do when you're trying to uh, help fix your ranking, rankings and updating content is always looking at your competitors. And then the number one thing is, um, and probably, you know, one of the biggest of this entire list, but it is kind of the most labor intensive, is the internal linking, right, for your high UR pages. And when I say UR, I mean each um, each website has an actual uh, DR or score, domain rating. But the UR is like the rating for that individual page that's on your site. But that number can be high, you know, depending on how powerful that page happens to be. And when that's the case, you can link that page out to other pages on your site to help juice them up, right? So do your internal linking. I like to use Link Whisper for a lot of this, but it can be done, you know, manually. It'll be a little cleaner if you do it manually. But um, essentially what you're doing is going out there, finding the pages on your site that's getting the most traffic, that has the most authority, that has the most backlinks, and then finding a way to make sure it's relevant, but finding a way to link that 
article that has the authority and that has the traffic to the page you're trying to improve and give it a little bit of a boost. Have that link authority or that link juice. Just shoot from one article to the next and then you can help it out. That's probably the biggest one out of all of them because the juice that's on your site, the link authority that's on your site, you want to be able to utilize that as best as you can. And when you're doing that, you're going to have a much better shot at telling Google what the most important pages on your site is so that they can make it an important page on their site when people are Googling that phrase. So just to quickly run through this, my nine tips for updating content. Number one, confirm the search intent. Number two is, uh, sorry, let me go backwards again. Number nine, confirm the search intent. Number eight, improve the helpfulness of the article. Number seven, use Google NLP demo for featured snippets. Number six, optimize in an SEO plugin or an SEO uh, optimi optimizer, which in my uh, situation, I use phrase. Number five, improve the user experience somehow. Number four, fix the technical SEO that's on your site. Number three, if rankings are lost, look at the sites that have overtaken it. Number two, find link gaps. Did they get links on one page? Did your competitors get links on a certain page? And maybe you can either replicate it or try to get those links onto your page as well. And then number one, internal linking for more high authority, higher UR pages that you have on your site. These are the things you need to do if you want to get uh, a nice little protocol, you know, for updating content. Um, there are places that have whole teams that their whole process is just updating. Uh, it even gotten to the point now where you might even want to update just as much as you're creating, if not more. That way you're kind of procuring more of what work you've already done and not having it just slip off into the ether, right? So uh, those would be my things to do if you were wanting to update content. So now what should you do with this information? I hope you wrote it down. I, I warned you, you know, I warned you. I hope you wrote it down because now it's time to sit down and try to figure out when you can do this for your website, when you can start updating content to try to improve rankings. It's one of the best ways to improve rankings on your website because you want to show Google that, you know, your site is just as important as they want you to think it is or that you want them to think it is. It's one of those ways, but that's essentially the idea. If you want some help with this, be sure to go check out oneblogaway.co. That's oneblogaway.co. Um, I have this whole process that I will be adding within that uh, training and as, as one of the master classes. It's super helpful. It, it, it will be, you know, and I can't wait for everyone to check it out, especially the people who are already in there. So um, if you would like some help on updating content for your specific use case, be sure to go check out oneblockaway.co and come join the community. I would love to work with you and help you get your website from where it is to where you really want it to be. That's oneblockaway.co.